Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin, and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 11 of Soul Food. Alhamdulillah, now we've actually surpassed one-third of the month of Ramadan. So I think it's a good time for everyone to take a moment and really ask yourself, how much have I changed? We're one-third of the way through Ramadan. Have we changed in the way that we interact with one another, in our character, in our turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in our sincerity, in the state of our hearts during our fasting and during this blessed month. We're one-third of the way there, and before we know it, we'll be at the end of Ramadan. So it's a good time to actually just analyze and, and uh, take stock on yourself and really think about how you want to benefit from uh, what remains of Ramadan. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq, for His enabling grace and His assistance in turning back to Him. And we ask Him that He purify our hearts and change us in a way that is most pleasing to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. In this episode, uh, we are going to look at one of the root diseases of the heart. One of the, the most critical and dangerous of the diseases of the heart. And that is what is called in Arabic, riyah. Riyah, or showing off. Uh, it's also referred to in English as ostentation, but that's kind of a more technical term. But what we mean by showing off, we'll get to uh, in a little bit. So in this episode, we'll look more deeply at what is riyah, what's the definition of riyah, of this kind of showing off, why it's called the minor polytheism, why it's called minor shirk, and how do we deal with riyah? How do we deal with it? How do we cope with this very deep-rooted and subtle disease of the heart. So inshallah, that's what we'll look at in today's episode. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وَيْنُ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاءُونَ وَيَمْنَعُونَ الْمَاعُونَ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about riyah in the Quran, this kind of showing off. And he says, So woe to those who pray, but are heedless of their prayer. Right? It's not woe to those who pray, but it's woe to those who pray, but are in actuality heedless in their prayer. And what is Allah, how does Allah describe them? He says, those who are all show. Those who are in their prayer just to show off in front of other people. Riyah, is performing acts of worship and devotion that are exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but doing them with the intention of gaining respect from people. Doing them with the intention of gaining respect from other people. It is really dangerous and it's really subtle. And it's something that takes a lot of time and effort 
and guidance to actually work out of oneself and rid oneself of. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his assistance. Why is it called minor polytheism? Why is it dangerous? And why is it known as minor polytheism? The Messenger of God sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, the thing that I fear for you the most of all, the thing that I fear for you the most of all is the lesser shirk, is this minor shirk, this minor polytheism. And, we, and polytheism is defined as setting up gods besides God, as believing that there's more than one God and or there's these different kinds of gods who do different things. So why is it called the minor shirk, the minor polytheism? They said, O Messenger of Allah, what is this minor polytheism? He said, it is riya, it is showing off. God, the glorious and majestic, says on the day of resurrection, when he gives everyone their due, when everyone is judged and everyone is rewarded for their good and for whatever sin they're given their due, God says to the people who were showing off, who committed riya, he says, go to those whom you were showing off for. The, go to those whom you were showing off for in the world and see if they have any reward for you. On the day of judgment, it's so obviously clear that the one in control is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody, even people who disbelieved in this world, nobody will have any doubt that Allah is in control. So when God says, go to those who you are showing off for in the world and see if they have any reward for you, in other words, they don't have anything for you. But because you were showing off for them, because you did those acts of worship and you cared about what they thought about you, see if they can give you any reward. On that day when everyone will just be worried about their own selves, see if they have any reward for you. They, they can't benefit you or harm you in any way. So it's called the minor shirk, minor polytheism, because instead of devoting ourselves and engaging in these acts of worship that are exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, a person does that with the intention of other people saying, oh, mashallah, look at him, look at her. They're so righteous. It's so good to see them. Look at their Quran recitation. Look at the way that they pray. Look at what they do. MashaAllah, they're so good. If a person engages in that act of worship so people think that and say that about them, then in reality, they've made those people a higher priority than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. So that's why it's called minor shirk is that a person has prioritized something other than God. So it's extremely dangerous because what, one of the reasons why it's so critical and why we have to really talk about these things because so much of the ugliness that we see in the world today that is expressions or claims to be expressions of Islam that are terrifying and ugly, it's because the people who are doing these things do not have purified souls. They have no understanding of how to purify their hearts for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whatever actions they do come out ugly. 
The reason that riya is so dangerous as a spiritual disease is because it is using religion as a means of a person's egotistical gains. Is that someone's trying to get ahead in their life and using religion as the vehicle to do so. Using something that is exclusively God's domain and that a person is supposed to come to with humility and with sincerity and yearning and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but instead they use it so that they can get compliments and praise and benefits from other people. Imam al-Haddad, one of the great spiritual sages of Islam, he says about ostentation, and ostentation and showing off are just kind of synonyms. He says the presence of ostentation, he talks about why it's so ugly within the heart. He says the presence of ostentation is proof that the heart is devoid of the vastness and majesty of God because it seeks the approval of creatures through feigning and is not content with the knowledge that God, the Lord of creation, knows all that he does. In other words, Imam al-Haddad is saying, the heart that commits ostentation or shows off is devoid of the majesty of God because they've sought after a place in the hearts of creation which is nothing compared to a place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that they are not content with the knowledge that God knows what they do. So if a person prays or fasts or gives charity, they don't feel that it's enough that Allah knows the good deed that they've done. They want other people to know it as well. He continues and he says, The one who performs good deeds and likes it to be known so that people would revere and serve him is an ignorant hypocrite whose desire is but for this world, whose desire is just more dunya, more of a place in people's hearts, more recognition, just for worldly benefit. And this is beautiful that we're talking about this in Ramadan because fasting is such a blessed form of worship because it's invisible. They say that in the hadith in which the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, quotes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as saying, that fasting is mine, that the Lord of majesty and exaltedness is saying, fasting is mine and I reward it. One of the reasons commentators say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that is because it is free from ostentation and showing off because fasting is invisible. There's a funny story about a man who lived kind of a very austere life, detached from the world. And these people sought him out because they believed he was a righteous man. So they came to him and he was in this cave and he was engaged in salah and in dhikr and in worship. And these two men were commenting, they're like, look at him. You know, look at how simple a lifestyle he lives. He's left behind the world. He's just engaging in the worship of Allah. And the man was in the middle of prayer. And they said, you know, look at his clothing, how simple he lives, and so on and so forth. And they're commenting on this perceived righteousness that they're seeing from this man. When the man was done with his salah, he said, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. He looked at them and he said, and I'm fasting too, right? And the point of the story is that this man wanted recognition. And he actually told them about an act of worship that was invisible, that they couldn't tell from him.
So when he was done, he said, yeah, by the way, I'm fasting too. This is, this is a story of riya in and of itself, of showing off and wanting recognition from people. And it veils us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it sets up other created beings as gods besides God. And alhamdulillah, just to clarify, this is not the kind of shirk that takes one outside of Islam or takes oneself outside of Allah's mercy. But the fact that it's called the minor shirk is an indication of how dangerous it is and how we have to be careful. So how do we deal with riya? So now let's get to dealing with riya. You're probably wondering, how do I deal with it? You know, whenever I'm engaged in worship or whenever someone praises me, we talked about praise and fame yesterday. Whenever someone praises me, you know, I do kind of feel something inside. Something's moving. I do kind of, I do kind of enjoy that. So am I doomed? Like, how do I deal with it? The first thing to do is to reflect on Allah's majesty to reflect on God, that when a person reflects on God and His infinite perfection and the fact that He is the only one who can benefit or harm a person, that the praise of people and the place in their hearts does not benefit or harm anyone, it allows a person to be more sincere in their worship. It allows a person to be more sincere in their worship. So if you're praying and someone walks into the room and you say, oh, they're seeing me pray extra sunnah, they might think I'm a good person because of that. Immediately just fight against that thought and say, on the day of judgment, they're going to be in need of Allah's acceptance just as much as I will. And on the day of judgment, this person is not going to be able to do anything for me. So I should only focus on Allah's acceptance and the place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another way to deal with showing off and ostentation when it comes to forms of worship is reflecting on the hereafter. Is reflecting on the hereafter. Is recognizing that you are seeking a place in the permanent and eternal abode of paradise. And you don't get into paradise because people like you or people thought you were a good person. You get into paradise when you do things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'll leave you with a beautiful story of the great-grandson of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, whose name was Sayyidina Ali Zayn al-Abideen, Ibn al-Husayn, Ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib. Sayyidina Ali Zayn al-Abideen, who was this amazing, beautiful, refined soul, this beautiful example of piety and righteousness and goodness in the world. When Sayyidina Ali Zain al-Abideen, when he passed away, they noticed that he had like a dent in his back, that when they were washing him, they noticed this indentation as if something very heavy had kind of weighed down on a place, particular spot in his back, and it left a mark. So they were surprised. They wondered. They said, what is this dent on his back? So they asked his servant, they said, what is this dent? Like, what's it from? And he said, when he was alive, he would take a pouch of gold and carry it on his back every night. And he would go to the poor people in the city and he would give them money. But he would do it in the middle of night so, so that nobody would know that it was him giving. 
And even the poor people that he was giving to, he never shared his name. And they only realized it was him because after he passed away, the person who would always come and bring them money stopped coming. And then the people, they asked his servant, they said, you know, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you offer to carry the gold for him instead of him carrying it every night so much so that it leaves a dent on his back? The servant said, I, I offered time and time again. And he would always refuse and he would say to me, are you going to carry my sins on the day of resurrection? Therefore, don't carry this gold for me because I'm the one to carry it and give it out to people. This story is a beautiful example of sincerity and doing things secretly for Allah. There are certain acts of worship, such as praying in congregation or going to taraweeh or giving charity or whatever it may be, where people are going to see you. In those situations, do your best to be sincere. It doesn't mean that you avoid doing good. You don't avoid doing good. You do the good, even if it's in a public place, but you try your best to be sincere. But this story of Sayyidina Ali Zain al-Abideen, may Allah be well pleased with him, brings us to the call to action for today. And that is, the we have many things that we do in a group such as prayer or recitation of Qur'an or attending a halaqa or whatever good thing that is done as a community. Don't leave those things. But in addition to that, the call to action is have a form of worship that is exclusively between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether that is a form of worship that you give anonymously online, uh, like a charity that you give anonymously online, or that's a form of worship that you do privately in your room that nobody knows about. Even if it's just two rak'ahs. Or if it's dhikr on your way to work. Have something consistent that is a form of worship that is private between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that it is safe and free from any form of showing off and any form of riya. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to purify our hearts and to protect us from falling into this minor polytheism and to grant us the sincerity of doing things solely and exclusively for his sake, subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the conclusion of today's episode. We ask you to keep us in your du'as and that Allah make us uh, sincere servants for his sake, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Jazakumullah kul khair and inshallah we'll see you tomorrow. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.